This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. The Lord be with you and also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven then. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the Word, the Light. All right, be seated, please. Good afternoon. Not too long ago, I read about an embarrassing incident that took place during Jimmy Carter's presidency. President Carter made a state visit to Poland, which attracted a lot of attention because the Cold War was still going on. The eyes of the world were on this American president and his efforts at international reconciliation. President Carter started his major speech in Warsaw by saying in Polish, I have a lustful desire in my heart for the Polish people. And what he meant to say was, I have a great love for the Polish people. The problem was he was relying on a translator who didn't know Polish very well and whose real specialty was 19th century Russian. We all know about language barriers. They can cause a lot of problems and conflicts. If only we could learn to understand one another and thus be more understanding. As we see in our scripture passage on the day of Pentecost, they didn't need translators. Everybody understood in their own language. It was all done for them by the power of the Holy Spirit. This was the birth of the church, the dawn of a new day, and thousands came to know Jesus Christ as both Savior and Lord through one experience that everyone could understand. That makes me wonder, how can we convey the good news of Jesus Christ today in a way that all people will be able to hear it and understand. We live in an area where there's literally a church on every corner. And with modern technology, most anyone can hear a Christian preacher on television, radio, Facebook, live, YouTube, you name it, any time of the day. And everyone, at least in America, has access to a Bible. And if you want commentary on what it means, well, just Google it. We can read about it or hear it in any language we choose, but still, so many do not understand it or simply don't believe in it. With all these amazing means of communicating with one another, we still have so many language barriers. And we are living in a time when arguably more persons than ever in the history of the world do not understand why the Church of Jesus Christ exists or do not think it is relevant to their lives. What is wrong with this picture? Why are we having such a hard time conveying the message of Christ? Could it be that we are speaking in the language that persons do not understand? If so, how do we change this? The answer comes at Pentecost. There is a language that nearly everyone can understand, and it is the language that everyone needs to hear and wants to hear. I'm talking about the language of God, which is the language of love. Jesus calls us to love our neighbor and our love for God inescapably motivates us to love others. But of course, it's hard to love everyone. As one person wrote a long time ago, to love the whole world for me, you know, for me is no chore. 
my only real problem is my neighbor next door. I remember as a kid, we had a neighbor across the street who would, who would not for some reason give us the time of day. That didn't stop my parents from cheerfully saying hi every time that neighbor was in his yard. One day I asked my parents, why do you bother to say hi to that guy? He never even looks your way. He never says hi back. My parents answered, very matter of fact, with no explanations nor complaints, but with a hint of surprise at my asking was because we were Christians. That stuck with me. That spoke to me. And I wanted to know more about that language of love. Rick Warren once wrote, For some time now, the hands and feet of the body of Christ have been amputated, and we've been pretty much reduced to a big mouth. We talk far more than we do. It's time to reattach the limbs and let the church be the church in the 21st century. Maybe that's why so many of us, uh, so many people can't understand us. A journalist once said of a Christian missionary, if I had been with him any longer, I would have been compelled to be a Christian and never spoke to me about it at all. Charlie Brown, the leading character in the Peanuts comic strip series, wants so very much to be loved and treated with respect. In one episode, Charlie Brown is lying down with his head resting on a stone as Lucy stands beside him. Charlie looks up at Lucy and asks, If I tell you something, will you promise not to laugh? And Lucy replies, I promise. This is very personal. I don't want you to laugh. Lucy responds, I promise. Charlie then shares something very special to him. Sometimes I lie awake at night, listening for a voice that will cry, We love you, Charlie Brown. Lucy bursts forth with a boisterous, ha, 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 and Charlie Brown is bowled over from his reclining position. I would imagine that just about every person in the world can relate, you know, in one way or another, to what Charlie Brown was feeling. In many ways, the entire world is lying awake at night listening for a voice that will cry out, I love you. We are to be that voice. But we can tell others that we love them, that God loves them, until we're blue in the face. But they will not understand our speech until it is put into action, until it is tangible, until it awakens them, uh, awakens in them a craving for what they need most. You know, a century ago, evangelists dreamed of winning the world for Christ in a generation. Billy Graham packed stadiums worldwide, and satellites have beamed the Christian message almost everywhere on Earth. And although it has made a, it has made a difference, the world still has not been won. Far from it. Perhaps our calling as Holy Spirit-filled Christians is not so much to win the world in the classic sense of the word. Instead of trying to talk people into thinking as we do, perhaps our privilege is simply to love people with the love of Christ. In John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he will ascend back to the Father. He says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And then in chapter 15, Jesus says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And a few years, a few verses later, he says again, This is my command, love each other. You know, the, the biblical stories of Jesus overflow with Jesus performing acts of love and kindness. And these acts read like a language in and of themselves. For instance, Jesus touched the untouchables. Jesus spent time with the rejected. Jesus showed compassion to the suffering. And in these stories, we see the power of Jesus' language of love on people's lives. Jesus, through his example, has shown us that if we step outside our lives and create acts of love on the unsuspecting, 
the undeserving or the hurting, we can change the world. Think about it for a minute. Can you remember a time when someone or a group of someones was especially kind to you? What happened when someone was kind to you? Who was involved? How did their act of love and kindness towards you change you? Can you remember a time when you reached out in love and kindness to another? What moved you to do this? Who was involved? How did your actions affect you and the others involved? In his book of poetry called Leavings, Wendell Berry shares a prayer. I know that I have life only insofar as I have love. I have no love except it come from thee. Help me, please, to carry this candle against the wind. I'm struck by his plea to God, naming a life lived in love and kindness as carrying a candle against the wind. Remember that from the earliest days of the Christian movement, Christians stood out as countercultural, and it wasn't because of some moral superiority. One historian of ancient times said of those earliest Christians, oh, see how they love one another. They turned the world upside down. This is what we're called to do. This is the language we are called to speak to a lost, broken, and love-starved world. And if we live in a world where so many never even heard this language, perhaps they've heard of it, but they have never really heard it. And we can't speak the language on our own with our own strength. That's how it was with the apostles, and that's how it is with us. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost and touched them and lived inside of them that they were able to speak, act, and articulate the language of love in such a way that the church was born and 3,000 people joined the first day. In Galatians, we are told that love, kindness, goodness, and gentleness are fruit of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit for those who belong to Christ and walk in step with Him. In chapter 13, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's interesting that when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, they left the house in which they were staying and went outside. Is there a separation between the church and the neighborhood? Do the folks who live around you and I know we are Christians? Not by what we say, but how we love? Do they know Dallas Universal Life Church is for real by how we love? Speaking the language of love means caring for others unconditionally. It means showing compassion through generous action. It means letting the folks like the Charlie Browns of the world know beyond a shadow of the doubt that we love them and that this love comes from God. I really do think that the Christian church has a great opportunity if we only start walking in the spirit and speaking the language of God rather than the language of the world. But when the church sues the government, gets caught up in politics, demands their rights, and becomes more concerned about how their building looks than about being about loving people into the kingdom. We are not speaking the language of of God, the language of love, the language of Pentecost. We are speaking instead the language of the world, the devil, the lost, and the angry. But when we love unconditionally, exhibit mercy rather than judgment, humility rather than superiority, compassion rather than the strict letter of the law, we are speaking the language of God. And folks will want what God has given us. 
People want to be a part of something like that. And there will be a bright future ahead. And we will be doing what Christ has called us to do. And Pentecost won't be just a memory, an event we celebrate once a year. It will be a daily occurrence. Amen. Hello, I'm Bishop Mark Manning, founder of Dallas Universal Life Church. Thanks for taking the time to celebrate this milestone with us. You know, you are the reason I first started this church, and you are the reason that it continues today. Shall we take a little journey back in time and relive the amazing experience it has been starting a church from scratch? No money, the only congregant doing a favor for a friend. And the only foundation, God, who I might say, without, we would not have made it this far, and for whom I am eternally grateful. So let's take a look now at our journey thus far. This should be interesting. Dallas Universal Life Church officially came into being on May 31, 2016. The first service was held on Christmas night, December 25, 2016, and continued every Sunday afterwards. Although the actual corporation was born on May 31, we took a little time to get our first service under our belt. December 25, 2016, Christmas night, Timothy Cole and myself made a valiant effort at looking like we knew what we were doing. Christmas. It's not about the giving. It's 
stopped to gift you. God gave us the Son, asking for nothing in return. In fact, gave us his Son to forgive our own sins. Of his love and his kindness and his unbelievable forgiveness of us. And if you've ever given a gift and truly given it and not expected anything in return, that feeling you get when that person's eyes light up, you, if you feel that sense of, not accomplishment, but sense of something, doing something right, giving without reason, without, without expectation, which is what all gifts should be. On April 2nd, a milestone for the church was announced. I have one announcement to make before we move on. Kind of a big one. Uh, we had a very long way for this piece of mail right here. And um, I'm very happy to say that the IRS has granted us our 501c3 status. So it's official. We're now a real church in the United States of Belk. So yeah, please. But as sure as I'm standing here today, I know that the path that he laid for you then is waiting for you now. All you have to do is open your eyes to see. Do that which is right. Yes, it's that simple. Teaching what he calls the right way to pray is another of Bishop Mark's stress philosophies. Most people don't pray because when people pray today, they get on their knees and they pray and they ask for their whatever they want or they need uh, from God and tell them, you know, what, what maybe maybe a little confession, telling them what they've done wrong, and then they get up and they walk away. And God was getting ready to say something back to them. The whole idea of prayer is it's a conversation. It's not a it's not a it's not a monologue. It's a conversation between you and God. And God will lead you on the right path. He, he laid that path for you when you were born. He's all, every one of us has a different one. I, as a pastor, can only guide you based on what God has shown me and what, what I've learned in my life. And um, for the good and the bad, I've, I've had my trials, I've had my tribulations, I've had the good and the bad, I've had the, the happiness and the sad, and they've all helped me to become the guide, if you will, that I am today, which is all that I look at myself as. I'm not a mentor, I'm not a, you know, a holy leader or somebody to follow necessarily, but I'm just a guide. I'm just here to help you stay on your path, wherever that may lead you. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God. Thank God. Men for others. And I, I, I think that that is such an important Thing to live and if we do that every day just remember that you're not living this for yourself do something for others don't do it for yourself it will all come back to you it will be provided to you give to others and it will come back you will have no need to have to worry about things and it's hard to, to, to put that faith in, in God and in, 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 in that particular statement of if I do for others I will also receive them it works though do for others and you will get in return that's a huge thing for me that's, that's, a, that's a base that's a, a cornerstone of our of our church, if you will. By continually choosing to be men and women for others, every second of every day of our lives, we can then begin to understand what unconditional love really is.
See, it's not about the accolades or the prestige or the fame. It's about leading through example with a life that we can be proud of, unselfish, non-judging, humble, honest. I, religion has gotten such a bad name, you know, uh, because humanity's involved in it. You're going to have corruption. You're going to have um, mistakes. You have all sorts of things that that can happen with, with, with imperfect humans. And God knows that. But sometimes I think we don't. And we look at this book that's been created with human hands, although divinely inspired, still created with human hands. And we sometimes take it a little too far. I think we have to remember that, yes, God breathe life into this book but there's a lot of time through a lot of hands since then and although I believe fantastic learning lessons of life fantastic ways to stay on your path to your God fantastic ways to learn from others mistakes in the past you also have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to learn that interpretations are wrong at times and that pages are missing and I think if you just learn to, like I said in the beginning, pray the right way, the book becomes a study guide where you can talk to God face to face, right from the man, telephone to telephone, ear to ear, and you don't need a book. You have to do is listen. If people would just shut up and listen, just shut up and listen, the world would be so much better. And here I go talking and talking and talking. <laughs> Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. Yes, you're hearing voices. You're supposed to listen to them. We, we believe that all are welcome. All are welcome to communion. And Jesus Christ didn't put stipulations on that. As always, we celebrate communion in the way of Jesus Christ. All are welcome to share in this celebration. No one is excluded. We humbly thank our Lord Jesus Christ for this gift that we share today. And pray for and strengthen our bonds as Christian men, as men and women, for others. Amen. Bishop Mark is adamant in offering communion to anyone and everyone who wants it. Church member or not, Christian or not, reminding everyone at services this is the way that Christ offered communion, without stipulations or requirements. Unlike the beliefs of his Roman Catholic roots, Bishop Mark and his congregation don't believe the bread and wine are actually the body and blood of Christ, but are a holy symbol or representation that we remember the sacrifice that Christ has made for us. Raw, gritty, graphic, and no holes barred conversations with the congregation are standard practice here. Bishop Mark doesn't mince his words and is known to often be brutally honest as to avoid any confusion in what his intended message is. Bishop Mark is not one to sugarcoat anything, citing that it is a waste of time. Jesus is the way to salvation in an inclusive way. All paths of salvation and enlightenment are grounded in the graceful energy of God. We walk the pathway to many mansions in many diverse ways, lured by God's moment-to-moment -moment inspiration. We can, we can still speak of Jesus as supreme without denigrating other faiths and casting doubt on people's eternal destinies. 
we can understand Jesus' pathways and embracing grace that animates and empowers all authentic paths. We can be confessional pluralists, recognizing that the diversity of spiritual paths is not a fall from grace, but a reflection of God's personal relationship with every culture and person. Christ is the way that includes all authentic ways, enabling all ways to be fruitful. God guides us on the pathway wherever we are on our journey. God's energy enlightens all persons in all cultures, makes a way where there is no way, and leads all creation in all of its diversity to wholeness. All in all, the Most Reverend Mark D. Manning wants nothing more than for his congregation to grow in love and to be better people, following not necessarily the interpreted word of God, but the actual words that God speaks to each of his followers through the simple act of prayer. He wants his congregation to live a more selfless life as men and women for others, believing that God will ultimately provide. He's down to earth, honest, and unfiltered and has been known to ruffle a few feathers, especially those of the religious right. He genuinely wants people to meet and understand his God, an all-inclusive, all-loving, and all-powerful God who governs fairly, and is approachable rather than the lofty, distant God of his youth. The Most Reverend Mark D. Manning Bishop, Dallas Universal Life Church. Bishop, pastor, reverend, friend. Controversial, imperfect, honest, caring but stern, generous to a fault, stubborn, filled with emotion, spiritual, a man of God, a man for others. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kennedy. Read all of your chords, please. Please pray for Gavin's sound of mind. <laughs> that would be a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't prepared? I'm not exactly now. Okay. okay. At this point, we normally have the Alleluia chorus, and it'd be really, really big because this is Easter. So everybody knows the Alleluia chorus. Alleluia. Okay, you got it? Yeah. Okay. All right, please. <laughs> For example, the Holocaust with its wholesale murder of the Jews by the Nazis was indeed an outrage and the six million victims Tim. Oh my god. Hey, Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Oh, God. Back it up. 
God help them. God help us. Back it up. Back it all the way up. I broke connection for this, so that PC's had stuck on the table. Okay, Search for your past. Uh huh. Uh huh. Bishop uh huh. The uh huh. Uh We're not in this alone, first of all. You, you've got, that's why we have churches, that's why we have you know, gatherings like this, so we can grow together and have our strength be put into one. You know, Combine our strength, combine our knowledge, combine our faith, and it makes it that much stronger. You know, I, I learned something, I tell you all this all the time, I learn something every Sunday that I'm here um, about you, about the Bible, about my faith, about God. Every Sunday I learn something new, and I think that's amazing that if y'all weren't here, I may not have that. So that's, that's huge to me. That's why I do this. That's why I do this. Mm -hmm. You know? One person. All I have to do is change one person's life. 
I, I would have succeeded in doing what I want to do. But if I can do a million, I'm going to do it. Okay, so I If I can do two, I'm going to do it. If I can do a billion, I'm going to do it. And today's possible. Are we preaching some thirst? Yes. Sure as hell hope so. No so, I mean, there's a reason for everything, and we all have to kind of climb that ladder, and there's a reason we got to do that, because you can learn from here. And if you don't have a foundation to learn from, and you get up here, that foundation will break. Okay. It was just like an earthquake. Talking about God and Jesus Christ and building that foundation of our church on that. The rock. Why has God made us this way? Today's text from 1 Peter reveals that too. That God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. As a community of believers, we do not exist merely, uh, merely to maintain ourselves, but to proclaim to all who are still without hope that God has rescued us from despair through Christ Jesus. So that all those who believe will be able to say, Thanks be to God, and in His mercy, the end of all things is at hand. This is who we are. Amen. Hot in here is it just me? The Holy Spirit needs to turn down the flame a little bit. Oh, wow. Kim Cole will always be Kim Cole. Let me tell you something. <laughs> there isn't another one like him. There's not another one like him. I'm grateful for you. From that day one, you were here. I don't care how bad your 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 your, your camera work was or your little jokes that you had during the whole thing. Mine was just as bad. Believe me, I was as nervous as all get out too. My my certainly was awful. But you know what we did? It we you and I stood up in this room. By ourselves and started this. Are we all made? Look, we all made. I wouldn't have any of this without you. And I, I wouldn't. Who's gonna film it for me? I was gonna sit up there by myself and hold the camera like this. You know. Yeah. I was selfie, you got a selfie stick. Now I do. <laughs> I was saying earlier how why I was so upset during the service because I know I'm home and I would not have got here if y'all would not have done that. It started that. Too. You and Mark, like I would not. Just two people. What you video thing with the phone and he's I've been through so much in my life with like everybody's past, but once you get to the place where you where that where's been trying to drag you through like the song like Amazing Amazing Grace comes on, you really do think about like the amazing grace that God has. But he gave free will for y'all to make choices to step out of yourself and do what you need to do. And so did you. So did you. So did you, and amen to that. Amen. God bless you for being here and speaking up. God bless you for being a part of this movement that we're doing here. Look, the tears are flowing today, guys. The tears are the, are the cleansing of your soul. It's a cleansing of your soul. It's a way for you to let go of some of that crap that's been holding you down. Let go of it. Let go. Let God. That's what we do here. We help each other. Love is our greatest witness. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. That's the sign. 
that's the measure. That's the benchmark. And if people on the outside can't look in through the windows of the church and say, wow, look at how they love one another, then they will never be attracted to life in Christ. The church's life and relationships to one another will be so dramatically uh, different from everything they have seen and experienced in the world. And it will be so attractive that they, the unchurched will be drawn to a body of Christ and into a relationship with Jesus. You know Jesus lived with Jesus lived with the sinners. Amen. Jesus lived with the tax collectors. Jesus lived with the prostitutes. He was Jesus was not a sinner. He was not Jesus was perfect. Jesus was human. He was without sin. He never sinned? He never sinned. I didn't realize that. He was the son of God. So how could he have got on the level of those people? Because he stooped down. First coming, first coming from heaven to earth, and then he stooped down further and got down on their level and said, "But he viewed it all. He didn't. He, well, he didn't felt enjoy it. Him, he felt them. it. He, he felt them. He understood them. He was able to empathize with them. But he did not take part with the sins. He tried to grab them by the hands and say, "Look, I have a better way. I love you." And then he was cast out for it. You are loved. I love you because that's what God is. God, God is, is all inclusive. I mean, He created us for God's sake. He created. Why would He? Why would He exclude His own people, His own offspring, His own creation? I mean, He He, he wants us to make choices. He gave us He gave us free will, but if we just follow the way, I don't believe in the fact that if you don't say Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that you're going to hell. I don't believe that, and I don't believe God is that petty. What I do believe is he cares about how you live your life. Look at the religions out there. Look at the major religions that we're talking about. The stories, the parables, the ideas, the lessons, they all basically say the same thing over and over in each one. They're teaching the same story in a different way. Just like the Gospels teach and tell you the same story that happened with Jesus Christ in the life of Jesus Christ, but from a different point of view. It's the same thing. Just a different point of view. God loves all of his creation and wants all of his creation to be part of his vine. But God's not that petty. God is loving, all loving. God is forgiving. And as long as you live that life, you live that righteous life, how could anybody say that God would damn you to hell for not saying a few words. That just doesn't make any sense. If it doesn't make any sense, it's probably not true. Amen. Therefore, Father, through Jesus Christ, your Son, give your Holy Spirit to Justin, Kyle, or Kane. Fill him with grace and power and make him a deacon in your church. Make him, O Lord, modest and humble strong and constant to observe the discipline of Christ. Let his life and teaching so reflect your commandments and through him may many come to know you and love you. As your son came not to be served but to serve, may the deacon, may this deacon share in Christ's service and come to the unending glory of him who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Also with you. Please offer each other a sign of peace and welcome your new deacon. Yes.
The religious part of it is baloney anyway. Let me tell you something. It is. The religion part is baloney. And we use it because we need structure. We need rules. We need to be able to follow things right. and do things, okay? He doesn't care about that. How do you live your life? That's what he cares about. You know, not who sings the loudest on Sunday. That church, those people, those Christians, have no right to tell me that I cannot receive communion for any reason. Because it's not their gift. It's Jesus Christ's gift to me. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is is administering the they're, gift they're, for him. They're the messenger. As always, we celebrate communion in the way of Jesus Christ. All are welcome to share in this celebration. No one is excluded. We humbly thank our Lord Jesus Christ for this gift that we share today. And pray it strengthens our bonds as Christians and as men and women for others. Amen. If you say you love, okay, and you have reached that in love portion of your life you are it's unconditional that's it this is the best you can get well you're not there unless you've done one other thing and that's experience that same kind of hate that same level over here right we've all seen that we've all seen that not all of us have seen this all of us have seen this which means it tells me something we're prepared for this we're all prepared for this not many of us reach this it's not work and that includes the love you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because what do I always say about that love? If you can't love yourself, how you love How the hell can you love anybody else? Because you don't have it to give. If you, don't, if you don't have it, I can't give it to you. If I have a dollar, I can give you a dollar. If I don't have it, I can't give it to you. But what did I say? How can you get that love for yourself? What are you going to do? Listen. To who? Me? God. Right. And what does God give you? Gives me love and the truth. Nothing but gives you that unconditional love because he made you. Right? Accept that love. Don't turn it away like so many of us do and put that brick wall up. He's giving you that unconditionally. No matter what, he loves you. I'm not saying he's not gonna punish you when you screw up. He loves you. And for you to accept that fully in your body inch of your body, every cell in your skin, everything about you, all of you, let yourself be enveloped in that love, then, then you're ready to start giving it away. And that's what life's about. I have loved you in order that you might love one another. It is a, a cause and effect dynamic. Because we are loved, we can love others. Jesus' love for us is the cause for us loving one another. Jesus' love for us is also the example for how we should love. And Jesus' love for us is the source upon which we should draw to love one another. We all long for that, right? We all long to give ourselves, give of ourselves. To give. That's what we're here. We're men and women for others. That's our that's our, time. That's our, our, our saying here. Men and women for others. That includes love. That's one of the biggest things. We want to give. That's why we do it. We love others. And when we love others and give that love away, what happens? us. We long for nothing because we give our gifts and our spirits and our love to others. We don't even have to ask for it. It just comes back. It's amazing gifts. Amazing gifts. I'm telling you. Love is not something that just happens to us. It's a choice we make. We choose to love others. The problem is that we're selective in the process. We love those who love us. We love others for what they do for us or how they make us feel. But Jesus' new commandment is to choose to love others, not some, but all. That's easier said than done. You need to do that every day of your life. 
threat. Everything that you do, you live your life for others, not for yourself. You do something for others, not for yourself. You're not selfish, but completely unselfish. Everything else falls into place. What we sometimes fail to realize is that feelings follow actions, not actions follow feelings. So we need to act in love first, and then the feelings will come. Is every single person on the face of the earth, save for Jesus Christ, was basically, we were born in sin. We were born with original sin, that's correct. Yes. And so, I mean, it says that to be Christ-like. We strive to do better, we strive to, I guess. Are there any excuses for, for sinning? You make it easier so that you can continue to, to, to sin? Here's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you're saying, I'm not perfect, I'm not Christ, so I was born a sinner, so it's okay if I sin. <coughs> sin is constant. Everybody does it. A sin is constant. But it doesn't have to be. Does it? No. You make the decision. I make the decision. We all do make the decision to sin. Yes. We know the difference between right and wrong. Okay. Why do we do that? Why do we continue to turn our backs on the one who created us and gave us life and gave us everything, the breath in our lungs, and continue to sin, hurting our relationship with him, pulling ourselves further away from him, denying his love for us, denying his unconditional love and, and complete forgiveness of us? Why do we continue to turn our back on him? It's a good question, isn't it? Because it's easier. It feels better. It's instant gratification. <laughs> but you know what he did? He laid down on that cross. He laid down on that cross. That's amazing to me. Most parents you wouldn't know, even do that. We no. Kids. We. Again, this is what we're numb to. We know that we've heard it so many times and we say it so nonchalantly. We've become numb to the fact that this man laid down on a piece of two trees put together and had huge stakes drilled into his wrists and into his feet. He was beaten. Almost beyond recognition. He had a sword pierce his side to kill him to make sure he was dead. He was already gone. Thank God. That would have been. When we say he suffered for us, you need to know what that means. We do that to him every single day. We yell, crucify him when we turn our back on him. We yell, crucify him, king of the Jews. When we lie, steal, cheat, betray. When we turn our back on God, we do that crucifixion all over again. He hung on the cross. And he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's our model for loving one another. It starts with our actions, not feelings. Do you imagine yourself doing it? Imagine yourself doing it. Choosing, choosing to do it, because he made the choice over and over again. Imagine yourself doing it. 
Imagine yourself doing it, feeling it. Imagine hearing their tendons and the bones crack in your wrists as they nailed, nailed metal chunks of steel into it. They're not sharp. Guarantee you they weren't. Imagine the tops of your feet breaking with the metal and then the bottoms of your soles of your feet basically ripping off because it just pushes through. And then the other one. One thing, one word to describe God. Love. Period. That's it. Love. All together. He loves us. There is no word hate with God because God gets nothing to do with God. Yes, hate's out there because without without what? Without hate, can't have that love. You can't have love. You've got to have equal balance in this universe. That's the way our laws work. That's the way the science works that God created, right? This is not God. This is something else. This is God. You lie somewhere in here. We tend to set a high standard of expectation in the things we want, don't we? What if we applied the same standards to church as we do other areas of our lives? If you fail to worship God one or two Sundays a month, would you expect to be called a faithful Christian? We expect loyalty and reliability from things and other people. Isn't it reasonable then that God just might expect that same level of reliability and loyalty from us? when it comes to worshiping his son? What brought you here this afternoon? Was it your desire to fill your heart with more of Jesus? Was it an eagerness to be in the house of the Lord, giving him all of you all over again? Or was it a sense of obligation since you are involved in a ministry? Was it habit? Is coming to church something you do or is it something you need? You know, attendance is, is low. And um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we're having struggles with our attendance. But I'm working on it. I'm trying to fix the problem if I can figure out what it is. Okay? this in here real quick uh, it's been a rough couple of days uh, I lost my grandmother uh, my grandmother lost her battle with Alzheimer's yesterday uh, we walked into the hospital room just as she was taking her last breath and it's tough to be in a celebratory mood on a day after that um, even though I know I should be celebrating her life and celebrating her love and celebrating the amazing things this woman did uh, throughout her life. And she, just a quick little thing here, just something about her that amazes me to this day. 
she adopted all seven. She and her husband, my grandfather, adopted all seven of their children, adopted all seven children and raised them as their own. And they were their own. But on top of that, the family took in and helped place or helped foster 26 foster children. Not all at once, mind you, but 26 foster children. If that doesn't tell you what kind of woman this was, I don't know what will. That's what being a woman for others is. Giving of yourself and your time and your abilities for others. The true example of that was my grandmother. She was not without fault. She was human, just like anybody else. But she tried. Today's service was dedicated to my grandmother, Vira Evelyn Miller McCool, who died yesterday, December the 14th, 2019, at the age of 92. May she rest in peace. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. We're living in the strangest of times. 
may even be at the end of a time. End of time. We just don't know. For if the current crisis posed by COVID-19 tells us anything, it is that we are at the mercy of fate, subject as we are to an airborne virus that is impossible to see or detect. Consequently, our life cannot be taken for granted. We've come face to face with the sheer fragility of life. Great Britain is not so great now. Donald Trump may have dreamed of making America great again, but both have been brought to their knees by a virus that is so small, it penetrates unnoticed. The world has been humbled, and we are all aware that life cannot be taken for granted. There's nothing wrong or harmful in a dose of humility. It serves no purpose to keep going on about the strength of our economy with the very fabric of society and the capitalist philosophy is crumbling all around us. It is a much overused expression, but we really are in this together. There's no longer any black or white, believer or non-believer, male or female, gay or straight, Republican or Democrat. For we are all the same, united in humanity and united in humility. By sharing in his humility, we will share in his resurrection. This is the whole point of our Holy Week. And this is our badge. This is our badge of discipleship. Amen. My family is very important to me. My church family, my biological family, my adopted family, whatever. My friends, you're all part of my family. And all of you mean very much to me. And just please be safe out there. Please be safe. I've seen so many people already, friends of mine who misunderstood this virus and what it's doing. They 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 think it's nothing. They think it's the flu. It's not the flu. It's killing people. A lot of people. They're putting refrigerated trucks as temporary morgues outside of the hospitals in New York. Educate yourself. Protect yourself. Wash your hands. And continue to pray. All services are canceled until further notice. They're suspended until further notice. So we, they're not canceled, actually. We'll be having them with the close to the public. How's that? Um, and we'll be, hopefully, when the time comes, I'll be able to let you know exactly. Uh, you'll know probably as quick as I do when the, when the quarantine will be lifted. But I look forward to having you all back here at church. I think it would be lovely to fill this place up and bring you back. And that's it, folks. That's it for today. It was a long one. It was. And I thank you for joining me here. Um, this week's a long week, but it's a good week. It's a good week to reflect. You know, being alone this week is not a bad thing. If you're alone in quarantine at home or wherever, this is a time for meditation, a time for thinking, a time for really looking at yourself and your life and doing something better with it. This is a special edition of Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. And now, Bishop Mark. Good evening. I'm Bishop Mark Manning, founder of Dallas Universal Life Church. Happy Easter. This year we find ourselves in times that are unfamiliar to all of us. A time when our world seems to have stopped all around us. A time of pandemic, which has taken thousands of lives and has infected hundreds of thousands across the globe. 
It has put somewhat of a dark cloud over our Easter celebration as all around the world for the first time that any of us can remember, churches are empty this Easter Sunday. So tonight I'm offering you a much more toned down celebration of Easter. A celebration nonetheless, but one that is quite different. Something for all of us quarantined at home, doing what we can to protect ourselves and those around us. Enjoy this year's special Easter service, and I pray that soon we can come together again in worship and do so in person and shout out in exuberation the excitement that will fill our souls. God bless you all. Happy Easter. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy. Nobody tells stories about sunny days when the weather was perfect and the wind was just right. Not good stories, anyway. In the stories we love, the skies grow dark, the waves leap high, sharks circle. We're never quite sure how the hero will survive. So why is it that when the dark days come our way, we worry that the story has gone wrong? Why do we declare that God is good when the sun shines and then resist Him just when we need Him most? If He's already written our perfect, endless ending, is the writer trustworthy to get the middle right, to surprise us with his love one more time. Faith begins when we can't imagine what the next chapter holds. We were all looking for something more out of life. Something that gives us purpose. Direction. A sense of community 
For the past 2,000 years, people have found these things in a place called church. For centuries, the church has helped those who couldn't help themselves. The hungry. The lost. The outcast. It's been a place of healing and restoration for those who've been hurt. A home to orphans. A comfort to widows. And a refuge to the sick. But the church does so much more than just reaching out to those in need. It's a place where together we can grow, laugh and play, worship and learn about a God who loves us unconditionally, and see firsthand how his love impacts the world around us. Because of Christ, we all share a common bond. And it's through the church that we can really live life together. Welcome to church. Say good afternoon to you. Welcome back. Welcome home. Small crowd. I didn't expect any, any much larger than today. And I appreciate you gentlemen being here. I appreciate you wearing your masks. I know it's uncomfortable. Um, but we'll get through this. Okay. What do you truly love? Do you love your favorite food? Do you love going on vacation? Do you love your car? Your pet? Do you love your children? Do you love your parents? Do you love your job? Do you love your freedom? Do you love your career? Do you love your spouse? What is it about these things that cause you to think, yes, I do love that or this or them? Is it, a, is it a feeling they give you inside? Is it a desire to just go all out and do whatever you can for them? Or is it a combination of the two somewhere in between? We are all able to say what we love, but what do our actions actually indicate we love? Being stuck in our homes has tested our love for each other when tempers have flared or things were not done in the way we expected or some family members have just been a lot lazier or a lot bossier than we had imagined. That's when we need to remember that what love truly is. From 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Have you ever been in Peter's shoes in which your whole world just seemed to be collapsing around you? Nobody expected us to be quarantined for this long. You never thought you could lose your business. 
that you had successfully built from the ground up, you now know you could be facing a financial catastrophe if this shutdown continues. Some of you are afraid of losing everything that's precious and dear to you. You don't even know how you got to this place where you are now. Being together has shown you how far you have drifted from each other as spouses, friends, and roommates. When you woke up, it was just another day. But now your life seems forever changed in an unexpected direction you never wanted to go. You can't believe that it's actually happening to you. Like Peter, you thought you were stronger than, than you were in your faith to follow Jesus, no matter what. You may be wondering, does God really love me? We were not born to make a difference for God in some other era. We've been born to make a difference for God in the year 2020, in the midst of a worldwide pandemic called the coronavirus. It's amazing. We really don't have anything to offer God, and yet God chooses to love us with a love that's everlasting if we will just accept it. Excuse me. If we asked God, what do you love? He would simply reply, you. All right, now let me explain it to you again. This song, if you listen to it in its entirety, that's how long you should wash your hands when you wash your hands. If you're not doing it this long, you're wasting soap and you're wasting time. It's not doing any good. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds, okay? Wash them. Lots of soap. Get in there. Clean them up. You know, work around. Wash it under the cold water or the hot water, whatever you're using. There you go. That long. Okay? Please wash your hands. You know, so much can be... Thank you. So much can be solved by just washing your hands and not touching your face. Okay? Think about the sign of the cross on your face. Don't touch that part. All that parts that's crossed, don't touch it. You don't need to be touching that without first washing and sanitizing your hands. Wash your hands hands. You go to the bathroom, wash your hands. You go to eat, wash your hands. You go to prepare food, wash your hands. You come in from outside, wash your hands. You pet the dogs, wash your hands. Wash your hands. It's that simple. Do your part. Let's get this over with. I'm tired of it. That's it. I hate to end it on that note, but look, good folks, I mean, look, it's that simple. If we all would just be a little more hygienically aware of our, of, our, of our surroundings and things we're doing, these things could be nipped in the bud. So I, I just, I don't like seeing our world like this. And, and, and I don't think anybody does. I hope. And it's, it's sad. And, it's, you know, we've learned a lot because of it, but our world will never be the same again. It will never be the same as it was before this. And, and change is inevitable, but not always for the better. So it's something we have to deal with. We have to move on with. Something we have to learn about. God has a plan for us. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And keep washing your hands. All right, let's get out of here. I know y'all want to get those masks off. I know you do. These memories that we have made will remain with us for a lifetime. And hopefully, in the future, we can pass them on to the ones who will continue our hard work. I'm proud to be the founder of Dallas Universal Life Church because of you. I'm honored to have been your pastor and I'm excited about continuing as such in the future. That future is ours to behold and make of it into whatever we choose it to be. Dream big and never give up on those dreams. That tenacity is what has brought us thus far and that is what
what will continue to nourish this family that we so proudly call Dallas Universal Life Church. Don't go anywhere. The best is yet to come. Yes. Best is yet to come. Hey, you haven't seen nothing yet. Bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Be seated, please. It's time for everybody's favorite, favorite part of the service, the announcements. You know, I do say that in jest, I hope. 
pray at DallasVLC.com. Pray at DallasVLC.com. This is a place for if you have any kind of prayer requests, <clears throat> simply send us an email to that address. Pray at DallasVLC.com. Whether you have any questions or anything like that, we can also answer those there. Very, very simple. Prayer requests, pray at DallasVLC.com. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Another easy one for you here. An email address. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. And hey, did you know that we had a podcast? Hey, look at there. We have a podcast. Check out our podcast, folks. Just go to your browser and type in uh, uh, Your Path with Bishop Mark. Do a search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. If you don't want to do it that way, you can always go another way. And that's just to go to Anchor, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Castbox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or TuneIn. So those great providers that, that offer our services out to you, and we hope you're enjoying it. And we thank them for all of their hard work in making sure that our services get out, our, our podcast gets out every week for you. Okay? You know, you can make a difference, but we can't keep these doors open without you. And what I mean by that is we require funding, money to keep our doors open, to keep our computers going, to keep our microphones going, to keep the cameras rolling. Here. So I do ask that if you continue to tithe on, you continue to tithe online at DallasULC.com, um, because without you, we don't exist. Seriously. Now, you might say, "Well, I don't have any money. I don't have any money, Bishop. I can't. I can't not be a part of the church." Well, of course you can be part of the church. Of course you can. You can volunteer just like I do. I don't get a paycheck. None of the other volunteers get a paycheck either. Until then, go online and check it out. DallasULC.com. Uh, I believe it's on here. There is DallasULC.com/volunteer. And that's it, folks. That's it for today.